everybody. This is the Sherelle Show. Good afternoon, everybody. And today we have a very special guest. He is a brother of Christ and um, he's my brother in the kingdom. His name is Apostle Eric. And um, yeah, so we are just going to have a really cool conversation today. And um, so um, Eric, go ahead and say hello to everybody. <laughs> Hello, everyone. How y'all doing? Praise the Lord to everybody. I pray that everybody is doing well in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So what are we talking about today? <laughs> well, you know, you and me have some really cool conversations offline. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we were talking about the other day, like, is the rapture doctrine a real authentic doctrine or is it something that we would just pass down traditions and where did that doctrine even come from and um, allowing you know I think today just seeing like where we're at with the understanding of that and so maybe we've been um, told a doctrine that's not really actually biblical so um, yes there is a such thing as getting caught up there is going to be a caught up and a twinkling out of an eye and maybe we can just unfold that um, whole, I guess, doctrine you want to say about the rapture or being caught up. And when are we going to get caught up? And, and, and actually, what does that mean? So um, just giving our perspective and, and hope, hopefully the Holy Spirit, you know, God willing, is the one leading and directing us into this study um, and just this conversation, really. Um, food for thought and you know, we can give as many biblical references as possible uh, for those in the audience listening. Um, you know, we would love to give as many references as we can. Um, but just having a very co a casual conversation about this. So yeah. what, what's your thoughts, brother? Well, I was born and raised in a church that taught the rapture doctrine. And um, as a kid... Um, I used to always be afraid that I was going to miss it. When I would hear certain noises, I was like, ooh, that was the rapture. Because that's all we heard growing up in church all the time. Mm -hmm. can, you, can you hear me real good? Because I got an echo. But anyway. I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's just what we were taught growing up. But as I got older, I started studying the scriptures more and finding out certain things about the land of Israel and different stuff. And I just started reading all of these prophecies about the future of Jerusalem. And, uh, you know, I was under the Israelite groups, not, not joining them, but just learning certain things from them. Mm -hmm. uh, because the Bible says that the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. And the majority of them, they don't really deal with the spirit of life. They deal with the law of whatever. But um, I just started learning certain things. They just started showing me things in the Bible, uh, showing that it was a lie. And they, sh and they showed me what they, what it, where it originated from. I'm not going to say on here or where. If people want to Google, they can. But right. just um, just learning uh, originated really didn't come from our local churches per se. Like our our bishops and leaders didn't just come up with this doctrine; it came up from something else, and they just took it and ran with it. Yeah, basically. about fifteen hundred years ago, it came from an empire. Hmm. Hmm. The empire of it all. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so. So yeah. how it's supposed so, to Italy? Hint, hint. <laughs> hint, hint, right? Hint, hint, right? So, um, yeah, it's a, my mother used to always say it's a root to everything. Right. So I said, oh, okay. And, but then I get begin to understand just studying the scriptures. I said, well, we were taught in church that we was going to be raptured before this happened or before that happened. But that already happened. Right. <laughs> you know right. And Still here. now, like, like, okay, a week before this um, 
situation has been going on. Um, last year, my cousin asked me. Like in said, the last eighteen months or so, worldwide. Yeah, he said. My cousin asked me, "Are you tree tri- tribulations?" And I said, "No." I said, "I believe we're gonna be here for some stuff to happen. You know, we're gonna see some things." And he said, yeah. "Well, the the church ain't gonna be here after Revelations four and five. And I'm like, well, Revelations four and five is talking about the worship in heaven. That ain't got nothing to do with the rapture. Right. That's explaining what's going on on the throne." What they got to do with the yeah. rapture? I'm looking at 13, Revelation 13, 5, and it's talking about the, the devil making war with the saints. Who's the saints? The saints is the remnant of the body of Christ. So, I mean, right. and it says he's going to do that for 42 months. Right. Three, so that's exactly my, three and a half years. So, yeah. Exactly. People but I'm saying, Revelation. I'm sorry, what what'd you, what'd you say? I said, people don't study the book of Revelation. They just go off a of hearsay. Right, because he was telling me, well, I've been reading in this commentary. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, keep living. So a week later, this big old thing happened. Boom, right? And I haven't heard from my cousin since. So, um... <laughs> I you said a key word. You said commentary. Huh? You, you said a key word called commentary. You know, there's people like John MacArthur. I'm just gonna say his name. He has his own John MacArthur Bible. Why he got more commentary than the actual scriptures? For every verse, he got two verses in commentary. Right. And so he he double talking what the scriptures say, overriding right. what. Scripture says with all his commentary, and then he got a seminary school. Uh, and, and speaking of him, he said to 500 pastors at a private um, summit, he said, "When the time comes, we're gonna go ahead and bow down to the you know who, the AC, the false Messiah." Um, surely God will forgive us. We got to be able to feed our children. We don't want. We don't want to starve with our children. Surely God will forgive us. So they're already planning on ushering their congregations right into this system. And it's clear and obvious that that's where a majority of the church is headed. And it's sad. And especially, you know, today is um, we're already in um, October 2021. And it's very obvious for the last year and a half or so where the church stands with this all. They're, they're being real silent on this matter. They ain't saying much about anything and they're going along with the system. So we already see where the church is headed because if they're not standing up now, how are they supposed to stand up when this um, real system kicks in? Because this is just a pretest. This is just a precursor what's been going on in the last year and a half worldwide. Right. Right. And since things have been culminating in the earth, there are a lot of prophecies in the scriptures that have come to pass um, during this. And the Lord showed me, he said, well, you know, you know, my word is going to come to pass. You just don't know how it's going to come to pass. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, Lord, you're right, because there's some things that's been going on. Uh, the Bible says in Zechariah 13 that two-thirds shall be cut off and die. So that's happening. And um, well. that's, yeah, that's happening. And uh, But like I said before, there are a lot of things that, that has happened and that is happening. Um, that they told us that we're not going to be here when it happened. Right. And so now we're finding out that actually we are going to be here when it happens. It's just that we're going to be um, we're going to be changed from corruptible to incorruptible. Mm. But we were taught we're going to be changed from corruptible to incorruptible so that we can go to heaven. And that's not true. 
but we're going to be changed from corruptible to incorruptible because of the things that's getting ready to happen. That's talking about being sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, and I was on mentioned, the That's mentioned, sorry to interrupt you, that's mentioned right no. here in Revelation chapter 20, verse mm-hmm. 4, 4 through uh, 7 for a reference for anybody. They can go back and read that. Yeah. It's, that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I was on a conference call a few years ago and I was talking about being sealed. And this older lady said, well, well, Brother Eric, we're probably being sealed right now. And I was like, wow. So that, that let me know that being sealed is not an event. It's something that the Lord does secretly. And 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 I and I can pause on that one too because I've walked in Santa Monica. There's tons of homeless people in Santa Monica. There's there's all kinds of uh, I for lack of I'm just speaking in code. Very a lot of spiritual people and and when I say spiritual, I don't mean in the godly sense. Um, and I have been told by numerous people when they they ask me for a palm reading or whatever. And I say, no, thank you. I'm not interested. They say, oh, oh, that's because you, I see on your forehead, you, you got Jesus Christ on your forehead. I see, I see his mark on your forehead. They have told me numerous times that they could see a mark on my forehead. And these are people who have, who can see in the realm and the spirit. And yes, I've been told that multiple times. And I said, you know what? You know, that's the only thing that... It's just interesting that they can see that. And I've been told that different years, different periods of my life. But yes, I've been told that over the years. So it's just real interesting that these people in that realm could actually identify certain people. Wow. That's something. Yeah. So you're saying these people saw. Yes. Did any of them ever explain what it looked like? They said it's on your forehead, and they say, I see the mark of Jesus Christ on your forehead. And I I've been told that four different times. And these people were not, um, these were like um, psychic type of people, um, occult type of people. Yes. And, and they, you know, they were asking me if I wanted a palm reading or some sort, and I'm saying, no, thank you. And I know they were legit in what they were operating in. <laughs> but that's exactly why I wasn't interested in entertaining what they had to say because I knew where they were getting their their uh, what do they call it their information. You know how people say uh, I have my sources. I knew where their sources were coming from, and it was a different kingdom than my kingdom. That I you know I coming from the kingdom of Jesus Christ, Yeshua Hamashiach. Um, and they were not coming from his kingdom. So I was not willing to entertain their conversations. But me just walking by or minding my own business, working, doing whatever I was doing, they were trying to entice me. And I wasn't interested, but they said that much. And I said, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So I yeah. believe who are the remnant, we're already marked in the spirit. Uh, based off of my life experiences, I, I've learned, I, I've, based off what I've seen personally, I think, I believe we actually are already. And it's probably happened the time that we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we were marked. Yeah, I believe that too. When you read, um, when you read in Ezekiel chapter 14, I believe all the way at the end of the chapter, um, it talks about the four sword judgments, which is the four. uh, It talks about the four sword judgments, I believe, and then which is the the four horsemen. Mm -hmm. And in verse 22, Ezekiel 14 and 22, it said, yet there will be survivors 
and they will come to join you as exiles in Babylon. You will see, you will see with your own eyes how wicked they are, and then you will feel better about what I've done to Jerusalem. When you meet them and see they behave, you will understand that things are not being done to Israel without cause. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. So, um, wait a minute, is that what I wanted to read? That's not what I wanted to read. Hold on a second. Hold up. Remix. Wait a minute. That's wrong. Wait a minute. That's the wrong. All right. We'll give you a second to find um, the one that you did want to read. Um, Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Here it is. Ezekiel 14 and 22. It said, yet behold, therein shall be left a remnant that shall be brought forth both sons and daughters. Behold, they shall come forth unto you, and you shall see their way and their doings, and you shall be comforted concerning the evil that I have brought upon Jerusalem, even concerning all that I have brought upon it. So the Lord is saying there's going to be a remnant that's going to be left, both sons and daughters, and you're going to see their doings, and you're going to be comforted because you're going to, in other words, you're going to see He's saying you're going to see that's on them. Then when you go to um, Zephaniah, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse, uh, I believe, verse 13, it talks about, uh, let me see. I always like reading from the New Living Translation because it gives you. Me too. Better, I love the translation. Well, I, I love the translation. Right. Three and thirteen. It says the remnant of Israel will do no wrong, and they will never tell lies or deceive one another. So the Lord is showing you there is a people that has been looked over and walked over. That the Lord is getting ready to spring forth. Because mm-hmm. we've been lied to so long, but the Lord has always had a people, and we've lost our identity. We were we were told we can't read or write. We were shipped into four the four corners of the earth, and we did slavery in another foreign land for four hundred years. Yes, and we just now waking up to who we are, because um, that four hundred year curse is over, and so. Um, even even Acts chapter 17 is talking about, um, and this is a um, this is not the Living Translation, but this is a this is a the New Man Bible. It says, "In the last days, God shall pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your elders will dream dreams. And indeed, my male servants and my female servants in those days shall pour out." from my spirit and they shall prophesy and I shall give wonders in heaven and signs upon the earth below blood and fire and a vapor of smoke. The sun will change into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and glorious day manifests. And it will be that everyone who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now I I believe that um, when the moon turns into darkness that's also talking about a three-day period but that's another subject for another day but i think that's actually a reference about a three-day um that it will actually be dark um but again we can kind of touch on that a little later that hasn't happened yet but you know sons and daughters dreaming oh that's been going on heavily lately in the last seven years (laughs) and you know, a lot of them are dreaming about a so-called rapture. And when I hear their dreams, I'm like, that don't sound like no rapture. It just sounds like we're having um, angelic protection in the midst of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I believe that. I believe that. But I believe in Isaiah, it talks about uh, let's see, I think it's in Isaiah 28 and 5. I think it's an Isaiah. Isaiah, I think it's an Isaiah 51. 
But I, I, I'll go. I'll go to that another time. And then you were also, you were also saying um, previously something about Isaiah sixty. If you wanted to touch back on that one, right? That's what I was touching on because we're talking about the future glory of Jerusalem. Okay. And in Isaiah sixty verse one, it says, "Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises and shine over you. Darkness as black as light covers all the nations of the earth." And the glory of the Lord rises up here for you. All nations will come to your light, which is the Lord Christ. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance, which is the Lord's glory. And then verse 4 it says, Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands, your little daughters will be carried home. Your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy. For now that's like the second Exodus to me. That sounds like the second Exodus to me, if you ask me. Right, exactly, right. That's exactly what it is. It but says we haven't been taught that doctrine. We haven't been taught that doctrine, though. But we haven't been taught the, the, we haven't been taught this, none of this. Exactly. Right? This it's was all skipped over. They skipped this whole thing in our churches. The whole thing. And when you read it, it's so far-fetched to people. If they haven't been taught, you're like, okay, that's just too far-fetched. But it's right here. Mm-hmm. It says, if a merchant from all over the world come to you, they will come to you. They will bring you the wealth of many lands, vast caravans of camels will converge on you. It sounds the like a wealth transfer. The, the the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. That's what that sounds it, like. It gets better. It says the people of Sheba will bring gold and frankincense and will come worshiping the Lord. The flocks of Keter will be given to you. The rams of Nibadah will be brought from my altars. I will accept their offerings. I will make my temple glorious. And what and what do I see flying like clouds to Israel, like doves to their nests? They are ships from the ends of the earth, from lands that trust in me, led by the great ship of Tarnish. They are bringing the people of Israel home from far away, carrying their gold and silver. They will honor the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has filled you with splendor. Foreigners will come to rebuild your towns. And their king will serve you. For though I have destroyed you in my anger, I will not have mercy on you my grace because of what it was. And then he said, Your gates will stay open day and night to receive the wealth of many lands. Now, this is going to be after Christ heals and takes out the nation. But the Lord is going to have a people that's going to be serving us. Well, that right. that that goes hand in hand with Revelation chapter two verse nine, and that also goes hand in hand with Revelation chapter three verse nine. That goes right, right when in. they will come, it, and that's it's going to get into that too. It's going to get into that too. Mm-hmm. It says the kings of the world will be led captives in victory procession, for the nations that refuse to serve you will be destroyed. The glory of Lebanon will be yours, the forest of Cyprus first and pine to beautify my sanctuary. My temple will be glorious. Now check this out. Check this out. In the King James Version, it says in the next verse, I'm going to read what the next verse in the King James Version says for verse 14. The sons also of them that afflicted thee shall come Bending unto thee. And all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Right? I'm going to go back to the Universal Translation. And it says, uh, Though you were despised and hated, with no one traveling through you, I will make you beautiful forever, a joy to all generations. Powerful kings and mighty nations will satisfy your every need as though you were a child nursing as the breast of a queen. You will know that at last I, the Lord, am your savior and the 
the mighty one of Israel. I will exchange your bro your bronze for gold, your iron for silver, your wood for bronze, your stones for iron. And I will that make not happened yet, but it will happen. Yes. I will make peace your leader and righteousness your ruler. Violence will disappear from your land. Is violence going on, on over there right now? Yeah, I think so. The yes, desolation. Wait, wait, the prophecy that you're reading hasn't been fulfilled yet. It's right, not yet. This is what we wait on. This is what we wait on, right? Because remember, in the other book of Isaiah, he said that they will study war, no war. So it's not going to be war, but it's war over there now. Right. And it says. The, the, the desolation and destruction of war will end. Salvation will surround you like water. And praise will be on the lips of all who enter them. No longer will you need the sun to shine by. That's what you was getting ready. That's what you was talking about, right? Mm -hmm. No longer will you need the sun to shine by day, nor the moon to give its light by night. For the Lord your God will be your everlasting light. And your God will be your glory. And when you read, when we read in Matthew 24, it says that Christ is going to be the only light that's going to be shining in the earth. Because of the wars that's going to culminate all over the world, all over the earth, it's going to be dark everywhere. Wow. When Christ returns, he's going to be the only light in the whole world. And your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set, never set. And your moon will never go down. Ooh, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. All your people will be righteous and blessed. And I will plant them there with my own hands in order to bring myself glory. The smallest family will become a thousand people, and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it. Wow. And you read all of that, you feel like, oh, what a right yeah, because basically this is Revelations twenty one and one, right? When he's talking about let's let's go there. Revelations twenty one and one. Okay, he says here. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and for the old heaven and the old earth has disappeared, mm -hmm. and the sea so gone. That means there ain't gonna be no water nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I see the holy city, the new Jerusalem, watch this, coming down from God out of heaven. So that means that when Christ said that I go to prepare a place for you, mm -hmm. this new city, this new Jerusalem, this holy city that's coming down from God out of heaven, it's going to come down. Hallelujah. You're gonna it's going to be a city that's going to come down from earth to heaven. Hallelujah. That, that's the tabernacle. Remember when he said that I shall be your tabernacle on earth? That's what it's talking about right there. Mm -hmm. And it says, out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look God, home is now among his people. He will live with them. And will be his, and they will be his people. God Himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or pain. All things are gone forever. So that means that if we don't be raptured into outer space into heaven, why is the kingdom coming to heaven, coming from heaven to earth? Right. And and also like when you go into chapter Revelation chapter uh, twelve, it really talks about twelve twelve verse five. It talks about um, a woman fleeing into the desert where she has a a place that was prepared by God so that right. they. Feed her 1,263 days. Again, that's three and a half years. Now, I don't think it's a coincidence that the AC's reign, the false, you know what, is going to be reigning for three and a half years. So when we're no longer able to buy or sell because we refuse to get the mark, um, God said, I have, 
I have a place in a desert prepared for you for three and a half years. So we're going to actually be hidden in a desert wilderness prepared by God, a safe haven. And that's not a rapture. We're just going to be in a protected place and probably going to get there with angels, you know, angels, um, basically um, leading us over there supernaturally, transporting us over there. Natural, supernatural, I'm not, it's probably a little bit of both, but either way, we're going to get there because that will be a place where the remnant will be safe for those three and a half years that are going to be unbearable to live here on earth. But we're not raptured. We're just kept safe. Okay, and this is for the bride. This is the woman. This is the remnant, the body of Christ. So, um, Again, the reference would be in chapter 11. Um, actually, I'm sorry. I'm in um, chapter 12. Right. And, um, chapter. Yeah, you just read chapter 12. It really explains all of that. Right, because it says, Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head, which is the 12 tribes. And she was pregnant, and she cried out because of the labor and the agony of giving birth, which is Christ. Mm -hmm. Then I, I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, which are nations, mm -hmm. which represents nations, right? Mm -hmm. It's not actual. It's just the enemy using certain figures of people to come against the wall. But right. this is really the there enemy coming up against in this, in this world right now. Right, because when you read all through the Bible, even, even when you read in the, New, in the Old Testament, the Lord has always regarded to Israel being her or she or the woman. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so uh, his tail swept away one third of the stars in the sky. And he threw them to earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was giving birth. It's like he's upset. These people are upset, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. So that's going back to when Christ was born. As soon as he, you know, was born with King Herod. Right. She gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with Orion R. Look what's, hey, look what's happening today with how many of our black babies don't make it alive out the hospital, especially in certain cities like Detroit. You know, I think it's only one out of three babies that make it out alive. And y'all are like, what? what is she talking about? Look at the birth rate in the urban areas of Detroit amongst black women, black mothers, and black babies. Yeah, ain't much, ain't much changed. Ain't much change, right? You right Not about it. I knew under the sun. Yeah, that's right. Um, it says her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where God has placed, prepared a place to care for her 1,260 days. Three and a half years. There you go. There's your answer. A time, now, a time, and times and a half a time. Right, that's, well, that's in Daniel 12. And it's also mentioned in Revelation chapter 12, verse, thir uh, thir verse 14. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, then there was a war in heaven. But but that's that's piggybacking on what happened between Satan when the Lord put him out of the heavenly realm. Mm -hmm. When you read that part, that's just piggybacking on what happened in the beginning. Because Satan has always accused us to fight. Because when you see it, it says for the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and of their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much. So once Christ died, 
the veil was shut to Satan couldn't accuse them to the Father no more. Because before Christ died, Satan was always saying, look, you know what they do. Them your people, huh? Blah, 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 blah. And the same thing he did with Job. Like, Job only loves you because he's rich and he's blessed. Take all his blessings away and see if he's still blessed. Right. He's always trying to accuse us. He's the accuser of the saint. He's the accuser of the brother. He surely is. But it, but Paul tells you in First Thessalonians 1 that he's an accuser of the brother. Mm-hmm. He's always accused of God's people. Um, That's why all the brothers are keep getting accused. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a good one, <laughs> brothers. We always being, hey, yo, man. What you talking about? I ain't did nothing. Exactly. We always being accused of stuff. That's a shame. Yeah, and that's because the enemy is is always accusing the brother, 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 brother. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, Revelations twelve. Um, let me see here. The dragon the, with the ten horns. That's verse three. Let's go to uh, oh, Revelation 12 and 7. When you read and, well, when you read the Daniel, well, when you read in Isaiah 27, verse one, it talks about Leviathan. Which is the fleeing serpent? Mm-hmm. Also mentioned in the book of Job. Mm-hmm. For the audience, I suggest you get a pen and every time we quote a scripture, just write it down and then you can go back and um, reread these references because. Um, if you haven't really studied in times, you're probably thinking, what in the heck are these two people talking about? And uh, But for those that are familiar with Revelation, Ezekiel, Daniel, um, you know, I'm pretty sure you'll, you're knowing, you're catching what we're talking about. Um, but I just want to pause and say, you know, get a paper, get a pen, and that, um, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us power love and a sound mind. And um, today we must individually, because I don't even think the nations are gonna help us at this point. <laughs> Independently, you need to repent and really have a solid walk with the Lord. Getting your word, know your word, study for thyself. If you don't have a trembling and a fear for your own salvation, then I already know you're you're not even close to being saved because you need a holy reverence for the Lord and to really um, surrender and submit daily um, to the spirit of the Lord so that you're not operating in your own flesh, operating in your own strength, operating in your own understanding. You, That's why we have a, a master, a Lord, a savior, the comforter, the teacher, to direct us, to guide our steps, to to move us into all understanding, because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against principalities, rulers of darkness. So this if you're not wearing your armor today, you need to be, because there's so many things every single day unfolding. And the book of Revelation and these end time prophecies are unfolding every day. And we are getting closer and closer to the final chapter of the Bible. The Messiah, the King of Kings, he is coming back very soon. Huh, I just gave an altar call right now. <laughs> that was the altar call. <laughs> no, but, um, uh, you know, it's sobering words. But, yeah, I, I you know. We we have an obligation just to tell to to send this message out to people. Um, you know, we are all short of the glory of God. We've all stumbled. We've all acted a fool in our lives. We've all have backslid. I'm sure from one point to another, we have all been in some sort of rebellion toward God at one stage of our life. But today, we must 
come out of that and start to really seek his face and seek holiness like never before. Do you want to piggyback on that, brother Eric? I don't know if Eric is still on the on the call, but um, I'm not sure. Yeah, now I could I could hear you now. Oh no, no, I was I was saying that the Bible says that uh, that he don't want man to perish, but to come to repentance. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, he don't want us. He don't want no man to perish. Right. I believe that his mercies are so, you know, he has, he gives us new mercies and grace every day. He gives us so many chances every day. Yes, he does. That's, and that's in Second Peter 3 and 9. He said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, and some may count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any perish, but all come to him. If that makes sense, but it does. So yeah, it does. It absolutely does. Um, so <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, brother. No, I just wanted to talk about in Daniel what, because I see that you have a thing about this three years. <laughs> so, three, yeah, three, three and a half, which is three, which is yeah. seven cut in half. Right. So in Daniel 12 and 1, it said, at that time, Michael, the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, will arise. So he's, he's, he's letting the people know, oh, Michael going to do what he going to do. And it says, then there will be a time of anguish greater than any nation first came to existence. So that goes where we was on the school chapter. When you said that times is going to get hard. Mm -hmm. Well, right yeah. now it's already hard unless you got the um, the jabble juice. If, unless you got the uh, unless you don't drink the Kool-Aid. Times is already If you ain't drank that cup of Kool-Aid, times is already hard. <laughs> <laughs> For many of us, it sure is. It said, "It says, but at that time, every one of your people whose name is not written in the book will be rescued. Whose name, whose name is written in the book? It says, but many of those whose bodies lay dead and buried will rise up. So that goes back to when it says that the dead in Christ is going to rise first." Amen. Right. That's, that's the first. That's that's actually the first resurrection, and that's exactly. That. Yeah, and guess who? And guess who are going to rise first too in that resurrection? First resurrection, the oh, ones Lord. who got beheaded for their faith, who were not willing to take the mark or worship the beast. They're also going to be in that first resurrection, and that's right here in Revelation chapter twenty, verse four through six. <laughs> It says, blessed and holy is the one who takes part in the first resurrection. Amen. The second death has no power to destroy them, but they will be priests of God and of the Messiah, and they will reign with him a thousand years. But these are the oh, ones man. these are the ones who did not worship the beast or his image and did not take the mark on their forehead or their hands. But you got pastors like um, I already said his name earlier, who are telling you. Oh, you can take it. <laughs> Not if you want to be in the resurrection. The first resurrection, you can't. <laughs> That's right. Amen. These hit these right. right here says these did not take it. And that is why they were blessed and holy and were and 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 had uh, you know, and this is why they were in the first resurrection, because they didn't take part in that. Right. But you got pastors telling us, no, when the time comes, you can go ahead and do it. God will forgive us. Y'all better read your Bible for yourself. 
That's right. It says these were the people counted worthy because they got beheaded. <laughs> they actually got beheaded. But see, I know that sounds scary, but you know what the thing is? That's one blank second. That's one second. And, you know, like Paul says, to die with Christ, I mean, um, what does it say? To die is gain. I'm tripping now. <laughs> um, basically, you're going to be alive. Yeah. To die is gain. And um, I, I'm, I'm misquoting Paul the Apostle, sorry. But um, it's one split second. And then you're going to actually get a crown of life for eternity and be counted worthy for the first resurrection. So, you know, for all those people who say, I'm not willing to do that. Well, that's your free will choice, but don't think you're going to make it into the resurrection and don't think you're going to make it into the kingdom. If you deny Christ, that's all I could say. Amen. That's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, we went through Daniel. We went through Revelation. Uh, what else do we need to go through? Uh, maybe, let me see. Oh, well, we want to go through the scripture where they talk about what they use to describe what the rapture is. <laughs> What's that's First Thessalonians 4 and 17. Oh, goodness. When it says, Then which are alive and remain, and be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be uh, with, the Lord, with the Lord. But that that has nothing to do with what, every, what everything is explaining, what we just read. Because we so, just read what's going to happen. So what do you, what do you, so what part, when does that happen? Thessalonians, what you just read. Well, this is going to happen when those 1260 days, well, the we're going to be in the wilderness, we're going to be in the wilderness for 1260 days, but. But after that. Right, this is going to happen this is this is where the angels are going to miraculously carry us into the wilderness. Wow! Because when you when you read it, let's let's first of all let's hold back, right? Okay. Yeah. And let's go to Zechariah chapter fourteen. Okay. Because Zechariah 14 explains the uh, war between and it's going to explain why it's called the war. And so we need to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to go to Zechariah 14 because this is my favorite. I love reading this. All right now. Oh, yeah, love reading. So this is Zechariah 14. It's talking about the Lord will rule the earth. Amen. Watch for the day of the Lord. Watch for the day of the Lord is coming when your possessions will be plundered right in front of you. It says, I will gather all the nations to fight against the Oh, Also, keep in mind, when you read in Joel chapter two or three, it talks about how Christ is going to sit with the nations and he's going to talk to them about what he's done to his people and his land. So that means somebody messed up. <laughs> when the Lord returns, everything is not in order, right? Because this is Zechariah after Joel. So the Lord is going to have a talk with them. He's like, look here, y'all didn't uh, did some things. Y'all didn't took pensions. You didn't gave people crack cocaine. Uh, what else y'all didn't do? A whole lot of stuff you did. You stole the gold and silver. He going to sit and talk to them, talk to them about what they did before he killed them. 
right? Wow. And he said, that's, that's a Joel. That's, that's a lot of accounts he's going to bring up. Right. See, they don't talk about this. We never learned this in church. We didn't learn that he's going to sit with the nation. We just learned, baby, you're going to be going up yonder. That's what we just talked, right? Mm-hmm. He said, I will gather all the nations to fight against Jerusalem. That means that he's going to play games with them. Because remember, Christ said that nations shall rise up against nations. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lord, see, the Lord is playing chess moves with these nations. He's, a, he's allowing these nations to come against each other because of what they do to God's people. Yep. They were all in cahoots together about what they did to us. So when you read in the book of Joel, he said, you have passed lots for my people. That means that the nations decided, hey, give me that tribe. Hey, give me that tribe. Oh, give me that tribe. Let me colonize them. Let me enslave them. Let let them work on my plantation. Transatlantic. Transatlantic. I can't even talk today. Transatlantic trade. Right, because Christ is going to say, hey, you sold a boy for this. You sold a girl. That's what he's telling them in the book of Joel. Everything. Look who works in these caves and these gold mines and stuff. Little right. He said, yeah, you know, he said, right. He said, because when they was on the slave trade, they said, hey, man, I give you a barrel of whiskey if you give me that little girl over there or that little boy that can work for me for free. That Christ is going to deal with them about this stuff. Oh, yeah. Judgment is coming. Right. I, I remember at my job, uh, this white guy was talking some stuff at my job. I said, what about slavery? Oh, it's no such thing. <laughs> they don't want to deal with it, but it's coming. It said, no it, it said the city... Huh? That's a new one. No such yeah, that's, there's no such thing as that. I don't know. So it says the city will be taken, the houses looted, and the women rape half the population will be taken into captivity. And the rest will be left among the ruins of the city. It says, then the Lord will go out to fight against those nations as he has fought in times past. On that day, his feet will stand on Mount Olives, which he was explaining earlier, east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will be split apart, making a wide valley running from east to west. Half the mountain will be moved to the north and half to the south. He will flee through his valley. It will reach across Azal. Yes, you will flee as you did from the earthquake in the days of King Uzzah of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come and his holy ones with him. On that day, the sources of light will no longer shine. Remember what it just, when we just read that, right? Yep. Means you don't need no street lights. You ain't going to need no light lights. They ain't gonna need those lights that they use and people, you know, real nice neighborhoods, they got lights and they grab. He says, uh, yet there will be continuous day. Only the Lord knows how this can happen. There will be no normal day and night, for at even time it will still be light. And on the day life given waters will flow out from Jerusalem, half toward the Dead Sea and half toward the Mediterranean going continuously in both summer and winter. So he, so basically we're gonna be living up we're gonna be living good down here, right? And it says the Lord will be king over all the earth. There's gonna be no Buddha. Ain't gonna be no Islam, ain't gonna be Jay Z, Kanye, Beyonce, none of that. He said the Lord will be king over all the earth. And on that day, there will be what? One Lord. His name alone will be worshipped. It says all... Can you hear me, Sherelle? Yep, I'm listening. It says all the land from Gibbon, north of Judah, to Jerusalem, south of Jerusalem, will become one vast plain, but Jerusalem will be raised up in its original place. That means it's going to be restored. Restored. Amen. 
Right, and will be inhabited all the way from the Benjamin Gate over to the site of the Old Gate, then to the Corner Gate, and from the Tower of Anel to the King's Wine Presses. And Jerusalem will be filled safe at last, never again to be cursed and destroyed. Remember, Paul said that Jerusalem is the mother of us all. That's what Paul says, right? In the book of Galatians. It says, and the Lord will send a plague on all the nations that fight against Jerusalem. Wow. Now, this is where it starts, y'all. This is what a nuclear weapon is where Christ getting ready to burn them up. <laughs> now, before I, re before I read this, when you read in Isaiah 66 and 15, it says that the Lord shall return as fire. He is a consuming fire. There you go. Now, they create nuclear weapons because they're trying to be like Christ. They always trying to imitate the realness, you know? They yeah, we're going to create a weapon to be like Christ because we know he's going to kill us. Jimmy always trying to imitate God. Right. They said, we're going to create a nuclear weapon because we want it to burn just like Jesus because we know he's going to burn us up. So they so they got to use all these uh all these uh, uh explosives and all of this stuff because they know that Christ's fire ain't no joke, right? And it says that the Lord will send a plague on all the nations. Listen close to this, Prophet Sherell. It's like and they, the Lord, they must be in the denial. Lord, yeah, listen, let me tell you why they're in denial. Satan. Satan has lied to the nations to make them think that he gonna win the war against Christ. Right. Right. You know why? Because he is giving them the money and the power. Yeah, temporarily. They have tem right, temporarily. They got it right now, but mm, my God. Right. Right. So, so it says that the Lord will send a plague on all the nations that fought against Jerusalem. Oh my God! Listen closely to Israel, Prophet Israel. Their people will become like walking corpses. Their wow. flesh rotting away. Their eyes will rot in their sockets, and their tongues will rot in their mouth. Remember on the movie uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark when they opened up the ark and Harrison Ford said, "Close your." When they had the, him and the girl tied up against the pole. And they was getting ready to open the ark. Those rich men, they would say, open the ark, open it. Oh, yeah. And Harrison Ford don't look, don't look. And the spirit of the Lord came out. All them angels and stuff came out. And them angels began to attack him. And that man's face, his skin, his flesh melted off of his face. So all you saw was blood and, and, and bones and skull. Holly Weird knows a little something, something because they always trying to show us a little glimpse in their movies what they know. Holly, they know the word. I'm just gonna call them Holly Weird. You know who we're talking about, right? So it says their eyes will rot in their sockets and their tongues will rot in their mouths. On that day, they will be terrified, stricken by the Lord with great panic. They will fight their neighbors hand to hand. Judah too will be fighting at Jerusalem. Check this out, y'all. We're going to get that money, baby. The wealth of all the neighboring nations will be captured. <laughs> Great quantities of gold and silver and fine clothing. Remember in Haggai 2 and 8, he said what? The gold is mine, the silver is mine. That's what he's saying here. He said this same plague will strike the horses, the mules, the camels, the donkeys, and all the other animals in the enemy's camps. In the end, the enemies of Jerusalem will survive the plague who will go up to Jerusalem each year to worship the king, the Lord of heaven's army, and to celebrate the festival of shelters. Any nation in the world that, boy, would you want to say something? I said he's the king of kings. Yeah, baby, you're going to let him know. <laughs> but 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 look here. When you read in Second Thessalonians, uh, two, verse eight, <laughs> he says, 
This this goes right with uh my computer after that. I know they like where is this Bible at? No, this this goes with it goes with it says what is that? Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back. Uh, we're taking a little uh breaky break. <laughs> uh, no, no. And um, no, I'm just talking to the audience. Um, if you guys have questions or comments, um, you know, feel free to um, participate in, in this with any feedback. Um, obviously, you know, this is just a family um, gathering. You know, the audience is basically... Um, I'm praying all just the beloved family, people who are in the faith and want to learn, want to learn, want to grow and just want to be flowing in the spirit. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it says 2 Thessalonians 2 and 8. It says, then the man of lawlessness will be revealed. But the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him with the splendor of his coming. So that goes with um, Zechariah. Basically. So that's basically the thermonuclear war between Christ and the nations. It's coming. But 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 while all that is going on, we're going to be in the wilderness. We're going to be watching it, matter of fact. We're going to be in the wilderness like, get him, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Right jab. <laughs> Give him a lot. Give him, Daddy. Give him, Daddy. I'm yeah, a father. We're going to be. You know, I thank God for the Trinity. He is the Father, the Son, Yeshua, and He is the Ruha Kadash, the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But also, brothers and sisters, we may not be able to get into that, but Zechariah 8 and Zechariah 9, all the way probably up to 14, is good to read about the restoration of Jerusalem. Hmm. Well, those listening in, please um, take note and write down these scriptures and, and have your own study so that the next time you tune into our episode podcast um, you could actually um, be afreshed and um, aware and alert with these scripture references Um, yes and you know I always believe that the Holy Spirit is the teacher he's our teacher and he gives us um, confirmations revelation and you know sometimes fasting and praying for revelation is always good too because um I know during fasting, you get a lot of um, revelation. God will give you visions, dreams, revelation, and everything to really um, connect all the dots in the word of God. Because, you know, some people will say, oh, that happened already, or that hasn't happened already. Or, you know, people are just going back and forth with what has happened, what hasn't happened, what still needs to happen. But I'm like, you know what? Let the Holy Spirit give you peace and understanding and con- and and confirmation in your spirit, because at the end of the day, He's the final teacher, and this is His word. So go to His word and ask Him for the confirmations. That's you know that's my final advice for everybody um, today. Whether you're a believer or not a believer, if you're not a believer, none of this is gonna make any sense to you. Um, anyway, so we ain't really talking to you <laughs> if you're not a believer, uh, because this is all gibberish and this ain't making no dang on sense to you anyways. But if you are a believer, um, yeah, this still might be over your head because maybe you haven't spent a lot of time studying studying um, these particular books and these particular chapters and verses. But Definitely get familiar with it because we we living in the we're living in the final hour. We are actually in the last hour before this all happens. Like this is all unfolding right now and getting ready to happen. So, um, any final words, um, my brother, my dear brother Eric, um, Apostle Eric? 
No, not really. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and being a special guest. Um, you have a lot of revelation and insight um, that the Lord is giving you. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely believe that iron sharpens iron. And we, we're here to edify the body of Christ and um, one another. And, uh, you know, um, for those who are hearing this stuff for the first time, like I said, just begin to fast and pray and ask God for confirmations of what we're speaking about. Um, we love you guys. Um, and we love everybody. And we just pray that everybody will come to repentance and get to know the Lord more and more in these, in these days and these, you know, and I believe that so much is going on, but in the midst of all of this, I believe God's, um, pouring out his spirit where miracles, signs, and wonders are about to happen like never before. And I believe this is like probably the most exciting time to be alive in Christ out of all the generations from the beginning of time since Adam and Eve. We are, buckle up your seatbelt because we are in for a ride. This is about to be the most exciting time in history. And um, if you let the spirit of fear creep over you, you're just going to be p paralyzed in your in your fear. And you're going to allow that spirit to manifest what's going to basically take control over you. But if you allow the spirit of the Lord to um, reign and rule over your heart and your mind and your spirit, you are going to see God do so many great things on your behalf miracle signs and wonders, like, like unimaginable. And I feel like this is the most exciting time to be alive. And uh, yeah, glory all goes to God. Um, I appreciate the audience listening in. Again, this is the Shrell Show. Um, this is a podcast where we talk about the Bible. We talk about current events, what's happening around the world, um, health, wellness, nutrition, we talk a, a little bit about everything. Um, so, yeah, you guys be blessed. And I look forward to um, talking about something exciting the next time um, for the next episode. Thank you very much, um, the listening audience. God bless everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.